Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Well, in the second half, we got news. We got Freddie Roach coming up. First, I'll tell you about LifeLock. Before you pack your bags for summer, uh, plan to protect your personal information. You don't want to be doing going out traveling around during the summer without protecting yourself. Update your devices with the latest security patches. Change passwords and avoid public Wi-Fi. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our info at risk on the Internet. In an instant, cyber criminals could steal what's yours and harm your finances and your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert. It's LifeLock, right, Dawson? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code ADAM for 25% off. Give the news with crack, news with Gino Grad, breaking viral, weird crime protest politics. Give me news with Gino Grad, stuff they saw on TMZ, Joe Biden, Kamala, big news with Gina Gino Grad. The news with Gina Grad. Well, I just had to look up on my phone really quickly because I I had this face in front of me, this SCTV face that I grew up on. Vampire Count. What am Joe Flaherty? I grew up with Harold Ramis and Joe Flaherty and watching all of this with my parents. I want to thank them for that. Oh, he's the best. Uh, some actually some breaking news. I'm just getting uh, 15 notifications for on the news alert. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott has COVID 19, so we'll see if that. <laughs> Changes any of his mandates. I am not. I don't have any details, but that is the headline that is blowing up my phone. (laughs) Um, And uh, another big headline. Bob Dylan has been sued for allegedly sexually abusing a 12-year-old in 1965 in his apartment in New York City's Chelsea Hotel. So how could he – how could this even be coming up now? Well, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, The complaint filed in Manhattan Supreme Court on behalf of the plaintiff, who is now 68 – and lives in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, states Bob Dylan over a six-week period between April and May of 1965 befriended and established an emotional connection with the plaintiff, um, gave uh, allegedly gave her drugs and alcohol and, and uh, coupled with um, physical violence. Uh, he, she claims that he sexually abused her. So why is this coming up now? Well, the suit was filed Friday, the night before... Uh, the last day of the New York Child Victims Act look back window that allows victims of childhood abuse to file suit against their attacker that protected them from uh, regardless of how old the claims are. So it was the night before this ended. Um, she's suing for oh, an so unspecified the window, amount. The window was going to close on the statute of yes. limitations yes. The, uh, situation. For this specific act in New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think Cuomo's got bit by his own snake a little right. bit with that when he opened that he up spearheaded that right bob dylan what do we uh 
I mean, Rick, you I've never met Bob Dylan. Never met him. I, you were in New York when everything was popping off. I would be I would run into Lennon constantly. Wow. This is back when people didn't like him as much because he let his girlfriend break up the Beatles. This is like in the seventies. Sure. And so he would look for a friendly face. <laughs> and I would give him one. And he'd shoot like oh, that's awesome. I got a uh from Lennon. You got a nod. That's great. Uh, hey, what's up? Yeah, but also in in the 60s in New York, is anything impossible? I mean, would you go, oh, that could have never happened? Mm -mm. Of course not. Yeah, just feel like, you know, and and also, you know, it's it's funny. I've talked about it with Dr. Drew a little bit, and he actually sent me some article on it. But it but there was a whole movement. It predates uh, you guys. Rick will probably remember it. But there was kind of a whole thing that uh, kids are individuals they're not kids there was a whole 60s 70s thing of like these are little adults essentially and they have their own feelings and they have their own ways and they have their own whatever it kind of came out of sesame street and electric company kids are people too and there's a lot out of that company there was a whole kids movement Mm -hmm. and it was almost like an emancipation type thing like they're old enough to make you know if he says he doesn't want this or she wants that or they want to do this like you have to step back and respect it. They're their own kid liberation thing. It's like a liberation kid thing. <laughs> but of course, how long before that turns into I'm going to go flop with Bob Dylan? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, everything. Uh, first off, it's like all technology takes a turn for porn. Right. Eventually, someone comes up with a drone or a computer or something. Eventually, it takes 20 seconds for it to go turn into porn. The first adoption. Right, right. And so, yeah, Captain. Uh, on the Enterprise, main viewer scream, chicka wow, baka bow. <laughs> so, how long before you start telling kids they're little adults before they go fuck? And oh, we had a weird relationship with it. There were a lot of like seventies movies, like Foxes and Pretty Baby, Pretty Baby. Like there was a lot of like these are fourteen year old girls and they're going down to the Sunset Strip. She's sixteen. Get- she's right. beautiful oh, and she's, she's mine. Tons of songs, but like, what year was Foxes? Like 1976 or something? And it was like, chick, fourteen-year-old chicks getting in spandex and heels and dressing up like like hookers of the time and heading down to Sunset and trying to get in the clubs mm-hmm. and all that. Like, it was a weird sexuality with kids in the 60s and the 70s that it, it was weird it's like it's almost like it was being pushed right well what were the, was it jordash with the um Brooke Brooke Shields. Shields. oh you're so pretty Brooke, and like that creepy voice while she's, she's like laying on the ground yes. with her legs akimbo yes. saying nothing gets between me and my jordash or calvin yeah. klein jeans yeah. right and oh, pretty remember, baby yeah pretty baby the, yeah she's a you're baby prostitute now. Yeah. Oh. And we've even looked at the ad with that little girl and it's it's like skin so soft or something and it's like is anything more sexy than innocence? It, it was horrible. A, it was real creepy a and yeah. and and it was being kind of pushed because yeah. if you if you think about we always make fun of how many pop songs were about young girls right. and underage girls. Well, people just sing about whatever's going on the zeitgeist mm-hmm. of the time and that's what they were right. singing about, and that's and that's what they're making movies about, and that's what Madison Avenue was about. Like, 
it was really weird, and I think it's an offshoot of us saying these kids are adults. Now, what, what it really was is a bunch of lazy-ass fucking parents who are like, hey, if she doesn't want to go to school or if she doesn't yeah. leave, she can eat, let her have cereal for dinner. And it was just you getting out like the adults wanted to get out of doing a bunch of shit. Well, right, because when we think of a 12-year-old girl, you think, my God, that's psychotic. But when you put it in that context, did 12-year-olds not seem like our little teeny 12-year-olds of today? Uh, it was, uh, I, I even remember, this is going to sound bizarre, but like in junior high in the later, mid or later seventies, when I was like in junior high, the chicks wore these hip hugger pants, full camel toe on display eighth grade. Like that's, that was a thing. Like it it's was, it was weird. It was tube tops and camel toe mm. like it. And, and, uh, it, you know, kissing potion and glitter all over the eyelids. Like it was like prostitution, essentially. Yes, I was. Uh, I graduated in '72 uh, back east in New Jersey, and uh, I was really awkward and nervous about everything in junior high. And I didn't meet. I mean, comedy got me through everything. Comedy saved my shit. I couldn't win anything for sports. I couldn't use level one to meet anyone. So I had to use level two. So funny. Yeah. I didn't, the clown. I was funny, but it was kind of a liability. <laughs> Me having a sense of humor was like... A sword cuts both ways. It was like, it was like <laughs> some guy had a oil refinery before the automobile was invented. Like, <laughs> I, I, maybe one day it'll have some value. Right now but you're a mess. Right now, you're an eyesore. You're in oil. Yeah. We got to go <laughs> choose that, that whale. It's an investment. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the uh, The movie's Foxes. 1977, like Jodie Foster oh. and a bunch of, bunch of them yeah, as yeah, like yeah, teenage yeah. girls. Oh, 1980. Jodie Foster. Wait, was that before or after Taxi Taxi Driver? Oh, Taxi Driver. There's another weird weird yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Jodie Foster, Scott Bayo. I bet they don't hang as much mm. today. <laughs> Sally Kellerman, Randy Quaid. And then Damn. Daring to do it. Foxes. It was like teenage girls getting dolled up and heading down to Sunset daring to do stuff. To do it. <laughs> what's hotter than a young Sally Kellerman? So what's the Brooks? What is the Brook movie where she's on the island? Blue, oh, Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. That's another yeah, weird. You're right. It's just I, I, weird. I, I, it was. It it, it it went on for a while. So wow. Huh. All right. Weird. So what, what happens with Bob Dylan? Now? Well, a, that's the thing. I mean, oh does does Bob Dylan go away? I mean. What's I don't doing? know, but I feel like New York's really taking a hit these days. You asked about it, where are we in Bob Dylan? Like, are, there's people in your in the world who are like, I admire that person. I don't know that I li- love, you know, what they put. Like Frank Zappa. Like I certainly admire him. You know, he's, he's talented, but I don't put on Frank Zappa records and you know, right. chill out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not chill out. Same with Dylan, Bob Dylan. It's like I totally admire. What does he, he does, but... does he shack up with Roman Polanski? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, you Kevin know, Spacey. No, I enjoy his movies. Right? Everybody told me I didn't know what I was talking about when I was t- telling Harvey Weinstein to juice up the jet and the three years ago and go find somebody we don't have an extradition treaty with. And everyone's just, oh, you, you're not going to, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, it seems like, probably wishes he did. Like he wishes he did back yeah. when he had his plane and his money and uh, he wasn't, you know, wasn't incarcerated. Yep. 
Right. Well, speaking of that, um, we have some – well, it was piping hot breaking news last week, but we haven't talked about it. Britney Spears looks like she may be getting a break with this conservatorship. She was seen driving around on her own uh, in the neighborhood um, over the weekend as the news broke that her dad is going to step down as the conservator. And why is it a big deal that she was driving around on her own? She hasn't been allowed to drive in a car by herself in, what, 18 years? She was, She flipped one, did she? She may have i'm not sure but oh, she, she rolled a car well, I, she, it was an extraordinary incident of oh. some sort I and mm-hmm. yeah she's just she she doesn't seem like she's been able to be alone anywhere for the last decade um yeah she was driving around possibly crying just you know kind of maybe taking the edge off uh spears dad jamie filed court documents last thursday claiming he is willing to step down um jamie uh stepping down comes after spears claims she wanted to charge her father with conservatorship abuse so that might have been a little bit of a motivation He's been the conservator since 2009, and that's when she went through a series of involuntary psychiatric holds. You hang around long enough and everything just turns to shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Name of the next book. <laughs> just, you just hang out and watch everyone come undone. <laughs> I, mean, when, when, you know, I remember where I was when like Britney Spears kind of hit the scene. You know, mm. I was working. Uh, we we're working on maybe season one, season two of the Man Show and mm. Rolling Stone cover and the videos and everything. I was like, oh my god, this chick! She's got the world by the tail. You know what I mean? She's speaking of the underage right. thing. Yep. You know, the Catholic schoolgirl outfit mm-hmm. and every every guy was Braids. drooling. Yeah. You know, in the office, yeah. and then you just hang, just hang out. Just watch it, watch it happen. Like 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 a sports car that just gets left outside all the time. And that some, was a classic. S- someone's eating fast food, and it's just like it just at some point it's coming undone. Yeah, the headliner's coming down. Mm-hmm. Everyone but J Lo. <laughs> She's doing just fine. Thank you very much. I know. Back with her man, uh, the man who was shot and nearly killed while walking Lady Gaga's French Bulldogs in L.A. He's uh, he says he's now broke. He's homeless. He's asking for help in maintaining his healing road trip that he's on. I'm going to show you something in a second. Ryan Fisher, who says the trauma of the shooting left him unable to continue work as a dog walker, mm. has been traveling the country in a van to seek out communities that support the process of growing from trauma. Uh, but his van broke, and now he has a GoFundMe page to help continue him on this quest. He has a minute-long video montage of like images and of him in the hospital and of him in the desert there's some singing i'll just i'll just let you see it this is on his gofundme page i do want to say let this pause it for a second in a world where everyone felt unsafe or been traumatized or assaulted because someone mm-hmm. put their hand on their shoulder and told them they couldn't walk through the exit or whatever this guy earned his trauma. He's short, point blank shooting. <laughs> Walking a dog mm-hmm. and someone just gunned him down. What's that- the matter with you? You don't want to get right back out on the streets again? <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog walker are you? <laughs> and also, I can't walk. That's the kind. <laughs> right. The kind. And also, dog walkers, not, you know, when an NFL quarterback goes down with a horrific injury, they want to get back in the mm-hmm. game because mm-hmm. their job is NFL quarterback. Your job is dog walker. You know what I mean? Like, so if you were working at a Wendy's and somebody shot you, you wouldn't be like, I got to recover so I can get back. You get me back on my life purpose again. Right. 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 Well, now I think he's looking for purpose because he's on this quest and here's his video. Shot. I've always had a struggle in fighting. That's made me strong. 
Should be Lady Gaga should be a Gaga taking song. care of him? It should be a Gaga that. song in the video. I should be happy now, but I'm not. I'm angrier than ever, and I don't know why. It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? Moving and and gay? Yes. It can be both. It can be both? Okay. It's him running around the desert. Jesus. Dawson, I feel like you have feelings about this. I wasn't a drop. I'm confused. <laughs> you notice, you know, we're not really factoring in here. Hmm. I don't know, this guy's 27 or whatever he is, but... It's a free spirit. Think about all that is captured in 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 color, mm. and then all, you know. So when I was a kid, I saw my dad. They would go up in South Philly if they needed to take a picture. They would go to the roof. Mm. So that's how shitty South Philly was. You couldn't go on the street. <laughs> you get stabbed or something. They go that the roof is where you'd go. You get a little daylight, a little sunshine, and it wasn't all this building. So mm. and there it goes. So like I saw a picture of my dad when he was three wearing like a sailor suit standing on the roof in South Philly, you know, grainy black and white. And it was still it's always a little off putting. Like, that's you? Yeah. That's you in your sailor suit, you know? Yeah. All right, fine. Now it's going to be wall-to-wall, high-def footage. At some point, we're going to get old, and these kids are going to be adults, and they're going to be looking at high-def footage of you ch- swallowing a Tide Pod or banging some <laughs> chick in a van yeah. like or doing some fucked-up video where you're going, like, I'm so high! I ain't so I'm fucking high! Like just that guy fucking the shark on the boat in the back there, the naked guy. You seen yes. that guy? Yes. Oh yeah. my He's on top. He's like humping the shark, and it's gonna freak our kids to fuck yeah, out. You're right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mystery. Yeah, I mean, literally, I saw, seen probably three pictures of my dad before the age of thirty mm-hmm. exist, mm-hmm. and maybe two of my mom. Like, I have no idea who they point. were. A if mystery. I if I saw. Color footage of my mom at Burning Man going, I'm going to fucking drop some peyote and blow everybody here. Whee! Like, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Get that. I got, he got it. The, That's the point, high def, man. I hear that again. The, the point is, is it, it's got to freak the kids out. I, I feel the same way about the fucking sonograms. What well, do you it's, mean? It's, the 3D? The first picture. It's like, you need you as a zygote? Yeah. Yeah. That's you with no eyeballs. <laughs> this like, new era is also brutal for special effects and for makeup. Because mm-hmm. yeah. 35 was very generous with makeup, prosthetic seams blended in, yes. and the lace that you see it on, on uh, 24p or up, uh, uh, 4k, and it's just the shiny glued area mm. that you right. can't powder enough. Right. Enough about that. Women don't want to be in high def. That's the last thing I want. I want that Vaseline camera like Barbara Walter. Rough on news anchors. Yes. Get the glaze. Yeah, you want to set it up like you're shooting a white diamonds commercial. These have always brought me luck. Wait, what what would Liz say? These have always brought me luck. Star filter. Yes. All the the veils and the cheesecloth. Oh, the best. She's in there somewhere. 
Lady Gaga's dog walker is 40 and has been walking dogs since 2010. Not continuously, obviously. He stops. (laughs) Well, he's asking for 40 grand. He's raised about five so far. So everybody um, open those wallets. I like Lady Gaga, but she had the $500,000 bounty for yeah, the dog. That's right. But didn't seem quite as generous as the guy yeah. for the guy who was trying to protect the dog. That's true. It seems a little off. Seems like there's some history or something. Something seems a little weird. She yeah. she seems like a generous person. She's got enough dough to put the $500,000 reward out for the dog. And then the guy who's literally takes a bullet because he's arguing with the guy who's trying yep. to steal the dog. No love. For that guy, when he was on the payroll walking the dog, I just... So you think it's something about the guy? There's something with that relationship, because if if they just had... Let's just say they had a working relationship. Mm. Like, like there's people you work with, you like them, you know, go, go Gary in the other room. Well, Gary's a good guy, does a good job, you know. Then Gary... Then I tell Gary, uh, hey, you got to go, you know, I want you to uh, take care of my macaw. For the weekend or something. <laughs> and he says, yeah, good, I'll, I'll handle it. And then at some point, he gets shot because someone's trying to steal my macaw. <laughs> I don't cut bait with Gary at that point. Do you I'm just like, pay for his hospital stay and nothing more? Maybe that's what happened. I, I feel like if I'm... crazy. I feel like if I'm as rich yeah. as Lady Gaga and we had a good sort of basic... I mean, I bet she's going, this guy's nuttier than I am. <laughs> And there's only room in this <laughs> no. condo for one nut job. Like, like I, I bet she had some thoughts about this mm. guy. Interesting. She could have mitigated the response, which other people will notice too. Mm-hmm. That, that she could have just paid for it out of the you know magnanimity of her spirit uh. and saved a lot of bad press. I'm, I'm also kind of surprised in this world where every deep pocket gets sued if he's not suing her. Now, you could say, oh, what's she have to do with it? That's no longer the criteria. The criteria is who's got money Mm. for suing. You you know what I'm saying? Like, it's she's rich, he's poor. That's enough these days. That's right. I forgot about this story from a couple weeks ago. Dr. Dre's oldest daughter, Latanya Young. Um, She also started a GoFundMe because that's his that's his oldest kid, but he has nothing to do with her. Cut her off a long time ago. Mm. She's living out of her car. She has kids, and you know it's a whole it's a whole problem. And I, the story was very um, opaque. But from what I gathered, she had gone to the press at one point, maybe talked a little shit, and then he cut her off. Mm-hmm. But now she's back in on you know she's it's headline news. Doctor Dre's daughter, you know, she he won't give her a dime. So these stories they're out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have feelings about that? I I just hope when my kids are adults, they're lukewarm on me. Right. I'll do it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's all right. You pave the way. I'm not going to do anything for him, yeah. but he's fine. I think that's good. hire a hobo to kill him. Yeah. 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 Talks a few jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about that really sort of moving and spectacular field of dreams moment with the Major League Baseball yesterday. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Perfect timing because a field of dreams TV show is now on the way. The Hollywood Reporter says the drama has been ordered straight to series at Peacock with uh, creator Mike Schur. He did The Good Place and a bunch of other stuff. Um, The pickup comes during a surge in popularity for the movie because of the game that we talked about. This marks the second Peacock series green light for an adaptation following Ted, the Seth MacFarlane movie. That is now going to be a TV show as well. Mm. 
Well, you can never say anything will work or won't work mm. after we discuss Lego. Oh, Lego's Lego the movie, yeah. and that was amazing. <laughs> so you, you, you'd be lying if yeah. you went, That's what are they going to do? What are they going to talk about? Yeah. You know? Sometimes the simplest thing gets the most ironic treatment and bumps it up a grade. Right. It's, it's really, when you, you get older, and when you get older, and it's something I, it always kind of frustrated, was frustrating in, in the business, which is it, it applies universally. It applies in the mechanical world and the sort of, uh, tactile world, but it also applies in the, the creative world, which is it's really it has nothing to do with the theme. It has nothing to do with, like, what's it about? Everyone wants to pitch, you know? Well, this is Dukes of Hazard meets, meets Love Boat right. meets Borat. You know, I'd it's watch like, it. It's, wow, I'd watch that. It's who is doing it. Yeah. Who is doing it? If you, There are guys out there that make great product. Yeah, screenwriters of a TV series, you know, you get guys, you know, like, you know, Brian Koppelman and guys mm-hmm. like that who do billions and stuff like that. You, if that guy's doing it, then you go, it's going to be good. Right. You don't need to go, but who, but what, you know, Norman Lear in 1977, he wants to do a sitcom. You don't, what's it about? You know, what's it about? It's a fucking family that lives somewhere. He's doing it. It's a, it, you learn that mechanically quick, like yeah. when they're guys that are just good, they're meticulous, they're great with their hands, they can see gaps and spaces, and they just have a keen eye, and they're super meticulous. Let them do anything. Let them yeah, do don't anything. Don't, the don't have to tell them what you're going to do. Betty they Thomas. Do Betty Thomas. Betty Thomas there took you go. the Brady Bunch and turned it into this whole other universe of really hip, funny, edgy comedy. Right. The, what? Yeah, she directed the movie. Oh, the, the, oh, not, I'm thinking, what if we not we talk about the Brady Bunch a lot? Not, I'm a the fan. The feature. Gotcha. That was Betty's work. Wow. SCTV's Betty Thomas. I used to get into this all the time because it'd be like, oh, you know, me and Jimmy would be like pitching something and it'd always be like, what's it about? And I was like, we're doing it. We're doing it. If we do it, then it'll be good. I don't know what the fuck the man show was or Crank Yankers was. They're good because we did them. That, it drives me nuts. It's like everyone always wants to know, like, what is the rub? What's the thing? They, gotta, the thing? they don't know what to say in the meeting, and they have to look to the boss like they asked a relevant question. <laughs> and there's this book of executives' relevant questions to ask, <laughs> and they don't know where they go. It's it's like when someone throws a, a zinger at you, and it's the wrong zinger for the wrong spot because they just got the list of zingers, and they don't know where they go. <laughs> it's so it's so when it's it was so funny. We're on. We just came back from the car race, and the usual crew was there, and everything like that. And Matt DeAndrea, who I do uh, car cast with, of course, he's always with me when we're doing car-related stuff. Uh, and he is starting his own alcohol line called Bravada. And so he brought a few cans with him, and he's doing his stuff. And then, like, at some point, we're sitting around, and Sonny, who's a little Michael P. Keaton, my 15-year-old son, he like looks at Matt and he goes, and Matt's like talking, oh, we're going to get it into the WWE and we're going to get Goldberg and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But at some point, um, Sonny just looks at and he goes, uh, Mr. D'Andrea, can I invest in your company? Now, there's nothing, there's no profit, it's just getting started, there's no you know, retailers, there's no anything. And uh, like at some point, oh, there's Matt. There he is. Yes, All right, we got son. a picture. So I said, uh, said, to, said to Matt, I, I said to uh, Sonny, like, you want to invest in an alcohol line? You know, you're 15. And he goes, he seems like he knows what he's doing. 
Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he Discerning. does. He does. He figured out that there's that guy who fucking does shit. And then there's other people that are always talking about shit or not doing this. Like, it's not the business. It's the person that's mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. the business. I don't What business is Elon Musk into? He's into the fucking kicking ass business. Mm-hmm. He's into the hurry up yeah. and make it better business. Like, let that guy fucking run the state, for Christ's sake. Don't <laughs> run him off. Let him do what he wants to do. Like, he, 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 when the dust settles on guys like that, you realize they're not, they're not designers, they're not engineers, they're not artists, they're everything. But they're really in like the execution business, and it's the same creatively. Just fucking get whoever made a bunch of kick-ass TV shows and let them do a TV show, and don't get mired on, well, is the neighbor gay or is he straight? Like, leave it alone. Early SNL. Right. Everyone, that they, they didn't know how to interfere with it. Mm. Right. And only later did they start to figure out the formula to, to tamper with it. Right. It ran roughshod over them at first. How many years would you say? I'd say three or four. Wow. Three or four years before they started to run into the network bringing notes down and control and having to listen to, uh, and especially when regimes change. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the new regime has to prove why they're there and not the other guy. And earn approval from upstairs. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it never. You know, it's funny. It never makes it better. It's like at some point, <laughs> Fiat buys Ferrari. Yeah. And you check the years, what what kind of product Ferrari was putting out in those years. and it Or somebody buys Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. AMT, you know? yeah. Yeah, some big, huge conglomeration. Buy, or even a jerky company. <laughs> Literally, you open the pack of jerky after, after Nestle buys it or something. Mm-hmm. You taste it and you go, oh, this isn't as good as it. Yeah, that's how it works with comedy. It's how it <laughs> works with analogy. jerky. <laughs> it works with Harley's. Not as savory and delicious, this it, comedy. It works with every. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, yes. uh, watering down from upstairs. Yeah. Right. All right, let's do one more. Gina All right. Guy. Well, Daniel Craig isn't a fan of large inheritances, according to Fox News, and he has a plan, or at least he knows what he's not going to do with his money. 53-year-old 007 star recently told Candace Magazine that he plans on spending or giving away his $160 million fortune rather than leave any of it to his children. He went on to say that he thinks... He's going to leave it to their trust. And, and no, no, he's not down. And neither is Ashton Kutcher, who also made an appearance in the interview. No trust for him. Uh, he says... Um, inheritance, I see their scheme, though. Mm. Daniel Craig leaves it to Ashton Kutcher's kids, oh, and then Ashton oh, Kutcher gives right. it to Daniel Craig. Right. 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 I didn't get my kids yeah. a penny. On a train. They, earned, <laughs> they earned every penny. They know uh, no silver spoons going on in this household. They found the loophole. Well, that's what's happening. That's smart. I didn't see that. I, oh, you read between the article. Absolutely. A little know. convenient. They're side by side. <laughs> you know how Hollywood works. I've he, seen those guys hanging out. He thinks inheritances are, quote, quite distasteful, and his philosophy is to Get rid of it or give it away before you go. He has an older daughter, uh, Ella, who's in her late 20s, and a young daughter who's like three with Rachel Weiss. And um, according to him, he's going to spend it from the grave. All right. Well, good. Yeah. Who's mm. it? Uh, oh, God. Who's the chef we spoke to? Gordon Ramsay. Like, Gordon Ramsay. It's like kids don't fly first nope, class. That's what coach. I said. No wagyu for you. <laughs> <laughs> you eat Salisbury steak like dad fucking grew up on. You're not going to be eating wagyu in a cafeteria. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it home. You got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. And I'm going to fucking drop some peyote and blow everybody here. Gina, Gina. <laughs> that was the news with Gina Grad. Well, I mean, people are going to be watching videos, yeah. high-def videos of their parents when they're in their 20s 
fucked up beyond belief saying <laughs> yeah. crazy ass shit. Yeah, it's not great. It's not going to be a good look. Backing that up, how how much how much would we have abused the system, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, when we were teenagers? Yeah. Oh, horribly. Thank, thank God imagine? it didn't exist. Yeah. Oh, my God. There would Ray? Be... We'd be unemployable. <laughs> yeah, Woodstock. Instead of everybody reaching out to others, it would just be all uh, selfies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I would have a whole YouTube channel that would just be dedicated to my nutsack mm-hmm. between probably, you know, 14 and a half and 27. Hanging with Adam Carolla. We we just had I, look if if we went to a party and somebody left their camera oh. just on the table, it got walked oh, yeah. into the bathroom and everyone pulled the dick out, and took duty. three shots of it, and threw it right back on the table yeah. again. Like that was just us with a camera that was left out, wasn't even ours. Guess the dick. Well, first things first. I would have been dead because I would have had someone film me ride my BMX bike off a garage roof and try to make it to the swim. (laughs) I would have been dead doing some sort of ill-fated weird fame awaits you. Some some weird jackass stunt that would have claimed me (laughs) well many years ago. So there would be that. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Tommy John. Apollo. Tommy John's newest and most advanced men's underwear. Performance grade. Dry release fabric blend exclusive to tommy john you can't get it anywhere else apollo men's underwear proven to keep you drier and up to seven degrees cooler than regular cotton underwear no more flopping and sticking and chafing soft supportive stretches uh for the perfect fit and it's available in sizes up to 4xl uh, once you get into Tommy John, you will not go back. It is the best. They've sold over 15 million pairs. They do not have fans. They have, well, they have fanatics. And I guess I, I will say, if fan is short for fanatic, then yeah. that's, what they, that's what they got. It's the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. Guarantee, right, Dawson? Right now, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Adam. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Adam for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Adam. See site for details. All right. Uh, We got uh, legendary boxing trainer uh, Freddie Roach uh, coming up next. And let me uh, give Rick's uh, stand-up special one more plug. Mm -hmm. Improv comedy special. Rick Overton set list. And it's available now on Amazon Prime and YouTube and Apple TV and everywhere you get. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. It was great. Thank you, guys. Freddie Roach. Do you want to be a part of Adam's next book? Sometimes I do. Submit your questions for Ask an Asshole by emailing them to asshole at adamcarolla.com. Please include your name, age, and location. Ask about any topic you need the Ace Man's advice or answers on. That's A-S-K-H-O-L-E at adamcarolla.com. Freddie Roach. Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How's your health? Good. 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 Glad to hear it. You look good. <laughs> you look trim. You look fit. A little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> We've got uh, fight coming up this weekend, Saturday, Pacquiao versus Ugas. Uh, that'll be Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Fox Sports, and it's a pay-per-view. And, uh, my God, Pacquiao, is he's 42 years of age? Or how old is yeah. he? How old 42. is he? He's 42. How's, uh, 
how's training a 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao versus a 26-year-old Manny Pacquiao? Uh, you know, he still really, really has great work ethic, works really hard every day. And, you know, obviously he's getting a little bit o- older, but he still works very hard every day. And um, when he's, I haven't seen him for two years now, but people don't know that he sends me tapes of his workouts all the time. And I go over the tapes and uh, I, I always tell him what he needs to work on and so forth. And we have a great relationship that way. And uh, um, so now he's back in, back in camp and uh, we're getting ready to go. When was the first time you met Manny Pacquiao? First time I met Manny Pacquiao, he came into my gym in Hollywood and uh, he was talking to the guys at the front desk and I was doing mitts with one of my fighters in, in, in the ring. And he asked me, yeah, he told me, I hear you're pretty good at, at the mitts. Can I, can I hit the mitts with you? I said, yeah, come on. So he came up and after one round, he went to his coach and said, I think we have a new trainer. And I said, I think I have a really good fighter here. <laughs> he really was, he was really one of those guys that could put speed and power together. And, uh, it was something that I didn't see that much of. And he, uh, so uh, he really impressed me the first day of, of working out. And then we did a couple more rounds of mitts after that. And uh, then um, time was going on and all of a sudden the, the, a fight came up and uh, uh, these people took the fight with Ludwaba and, I was all for it, and uh, I remember telling Top Rank, I said, you know, this kid really can fight. I said, yeah, because no one had really seen him at 122 pounds yet, and because you know, he had he had won titles at lighter weight classes when he was younger, but then uh, at 122, I, you know, this guy, I, I said, this kid's a little bit special, and they kind of laughed at me and said, your guy's going to get knocked out. I said, no, he's not. And uh, um, I wanted to bet all those guys, uh, all those top-ranked guys. And uh, 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 and, and then uh, they, they kept telling me that the odds are too big. <laughs> so uh, Lubaba was a big, big favorite going into the fight. And Manny went into that fight, and uh, that was our first win together. And he knocked him out, I think, in the sixth round. What year was that? That was about 20 years ago. 20, exactly 20 years. Um, are you, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure what other current fighters uh, you're training, and I'm not sure, you know, how much your day is spent with that. Are you are you getting up every morning, going to the gym and training fighters, or are you just working with Manny? No, no, I, I, I train fighters every day, and I have 16 professional fighters. And uh, um, I have a good stable right now. Some uh, contenders and a uh, couple guys with title fights come getting closer and closer to getting that special fight. And then Manny's fight, uh, um, it, it looked like it was going to be the best against the best. It was the best fight out there. I really liked the fight uh, that was scheduled. And then, of course, uh, an injury to our opponent, our opponent uh, 
Now, now we have a new opponent. And this, uh, uh, this Cuban fighter, I've been studying them, going over his tapes and so forth. And, uh, you know, he's a solid, solid, solid fighter, good right hand. He seems to have power in that shot. And, um, you know, something that Manny, uh, has to go out there and box and be smart with and use his speed. I think his speed will overwhelm, overwhelm in, in, in the fight. What do you, uh, what is your take on uh, boxing and uh, MMA? And are there MMA guys coming to you trying to improve their hands? Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, that, that kind of happens uh, a little bit in my lifetime, yes. And uh, my last MMA fighter was George St. Pierre. I trained George for six years. In his last fight, he finally learned how to throw a left hook. <laughs> and I was really happy about that. Because we worked on that for a long time. And then he had the guy left hook, got him in, he hurt the guy bad enough to get him to his back and then to get him to his back and choke him out. The fight was over. So I was really happy about that. What do you think of the uh, current heavyweight division? I mean, and, and should there be a super heavyweight division? Because, uh, you know, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and... Uh, all these guys, some of these, uh, uh, God, uh, what's his name out of England? I'm trying to think of, uh, his name. Um, but I mean, these guys are uh, Joshua. Yeah. Joshua. Sorry. Um, it's Anthony Joshua, right? Is that, yes, is that yes. right? Yeah. It's two first names. I was like, screwed me up, but, um, these guys are over six, five over six, six. Um, they're not the heavyweights that you grew up with back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, what do you think of that? Uh, you know, I I, 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 think there's always room for maybe another uh, super, a super heavyweight division because you know a lot of the guys are, are, are getting bigger and they're weighing like so you got guys coming in at like two fifty and stuff like this. And then Tyson Fury, he came to my gym and uh, uh, we we met the first day and he worked out at my gym and then they were going to Big Bear and. I, I I was talking to him about going to Big Bear and giving him directions a little bit. And he told me, what's it like up there? I said, well, it's a nice place for a training camp. And I said, but it's, you know, I said, it's high altitude. And it's, it's a little bit hard to breathe at first. And, um, you know, you, you have to get used to it and so forth. And then two days later, he calls me up at my gym. He says, Freddie. He says, can I come back to your gym? <laughs> I says, what, what, what's wrong? He says, I can't breathe up here. He says, it's just impossible. He says, I said, no, it takes time. I said, and I said, we just give, give it some time and you'll be okay. He says, no, no, no. I want to come back to your gym and train at your gym. And I says, okay, no problem. I says, my gym's always, always open to you. And he came back and then he asked me if I would train him for that fight. And I was thrilled, and uh, um, I trained him for the, the, uh, that one fight, and uh, he he did well. He won one decision, and uh, um, it, it was fun working with Tyson Fury. He's a big, strong guy, and uh, I like working with those big, strong punches sometimes. And he was he, he it was um, I enjoyed working with him. And then uh, his next fight, though, he he, he didn't call me, but. Um, <laughs> I was uh, a little disappointed, but uh, we're, we're, we're friends, and uh, 
I see him all the time, and he and he always calls me and asks me, "Can I come use the gym?" I said, "The gym's always open for you. Don't don't worry about it. Any anytime you want to come work out, you're, you're more than welcome." Is he six nine? I mean, is he that big? A two seventy five or something? He's very big. Yeah, it's uh, catch, you know, for me to catch a big guy like him on the mitts and holding the mitts up high. It's a it's a little difficult, but 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 it, you know he hits hard and it's I I I, I have fun with that. I like that. Um, I think doing mitts is like my best thing. The best thing I do. Um, I can emulate, I can become the opponent, I can fight like the opponent, and um, I think my fighters get a better idea of what they're going in against when they do get in the ring with with the the opponent. So um, I try to do everything they do in fights and, um, you know, but again, um, with Tyson Fury, I couldn't get that. I couldn't get that big though, because <laughs> right. he's a big, he's a big, big guy. Is uh, you're still in the same spot you've always been in? Wild card, right? Still in the yeah. same now. For mm-hmm. I've I've been to your gym a couple of times. Uh, it's it's got the old. Uh, it's got a patina on it. I would say it's got uh, for for those who remember the old gyms, um, like the. Olympic or the Montoya gym that used to be out here behind the Olympic auditorium. Uh, I used to go to when I was, you know, 19 or something, you know, that's the kind of gyms they'd film movies at, you know, a lot of old timers hanging out, uh, just, just the, the smell, the vibe, the patina, you could almost picture mob bosses sitting ringside, smoking a cigar, you know, watching, watching their fighter train. Uh, now, but it also seems like Freddie Roach is a big name. Wild Card's a recognizable name. Your uh, your gym is not in the best part of town. It's in a strip mall. Uh, is has anyone ever said let's move you and get you into a bigger, more modern facility? Or is there something about that old school patina, like a Stallone movie where he's got to go back to the old neighborhood and find his roots that, that you like. Yeah. You know, I've never had offers from people to maybe come and build a bigger gym, bigger, bigger, better gym and so forth. So, um, so what I did is that I bought more of the building Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, like the laundromat downstairs is now my private gym. And that's where I train Manny Pacquiao now. And that's where I train my pro fighters. And then next door, I built a weight room because I was tired of leaving the facility to go to a different weight room somewhere else. So I wanted to have everything in-house. So I built a new weight room in there. And I'm... I'm getting, it's getting, my end of it's getting bigger and bigger. And it's, it's kind of funny. Now I own the whole back parking lot. No, <laughs> nobody else can park there, but I'm my, my clients. So it, it works, it worked out well. And uh, the gym is still what it used to be. And, you know, the original gym is still there also. And that's where the most of the, I guess you would call it, maybe the white collar people end up uh, upstairs. Mm-hmm. And more people, uh, the, the the my fighters, my sixteen pros, trained downstairs with with me, and it was that was 
that was the gym I kind of built for Manny Pacquiao. Uh, how many years you? So again, it's it's a it's a strip mall. I won't call it seedy, but it's uh, not a high luster uh, facility. And when I went there, yeah, it had the had the laundry mat down below and the gym up top. So you're basically just expanding within the same uh, yes. within the same property. Uh, what year did you start there? Uh, Thirty two years ago, I started there, and. For you, was it? Oh, I mean, I know you're a professional fighter. Your your record was pretty impressive. What was your record as a professional? Forty one and thirteen. And have you ever done anything other than uh, the fight game? Uh, no, no, yeah. Um, I went to school. It's funny because you know, I went to school in. Massachusetts. I went to agricultural high school, and I majored in arboriculture. Ar- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a certified arborist, <laughs> and I made enough money in my first job to make to get enough money to go to Las Vegas and fight a professional fight because I knew Vegas was um, a popular place and um, a good place. And I had four pro fights in Boston, but Boston was kind of slow. And uh, so, yeah, so I moved to Vegas, and um, then um, I, I that was the last job I did in the industry as an arborist, and um, it was it was a lot of fun back then. But it's uh, it's the way it goes. Who are uh, who do you have? Who's your sort of pound for pound uh, all time? Fighters. Who are some of the guys? Uh, you, you know, um, Michael Moore, uh, James Tony. Um, Hold on, James lights out Tony. Yeah, now I I saw that's a character. I saw James Tony fight at the Olympic Auditorium as a as a middleweight. I think. Yes, he, he finished off his career as a heavyweight. Correct. Um, one of these guys that had those kind of Roy Jones kind of natural gifts, you know, I don't, I don't know that you can teach that kind of defense. I mean, you, you, yeah. you could tell me, very, but very true. He's very, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, if you throw a right hand at James Tony, you're going to get hit with the right hand back for sure. And, he, and you're not going to land yours because he's going to make it miss. He he makes that, that that's a very very natural move for him. He makes it look so easy, but uh, you know he's he, he's a very talented fighter. I mean, he was one of one of the better fighters in, in my in my lifetime. I think he. I was but then maybe he stayed a little bit too long. I was uh, literally thinking about James Lights Out Tony two days ago, and I just was thinking. I wonder how big he is, like, because he was a guy. He was one of those guys that had a little trouble making weight, so he just kept moving up. Uh, he, you know, he's not a tall guy. Maybe six foot, five eleven, yeah. something like that. He was fighting at you know one fifty four or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had such incredible skill 
that he could just keep moving up and and be successful. But uh, he seems like one of these guys that after his career ended may have packed on a couple pounds. I don't know. I was literally just thinking about that the other day. I talked to him on the phone the other day, and he's doing okay. He's uh, working at a gym, and uh, uh, he works as a trainer now, and uh, he's trying to help the kids become better fighters. And I think about it sometimes, and I think it might be a little bit difficult for him because he was such a good fighter himself. Um, I don't know if he can teach what he what he knew so well. Yeah, in a in a weird way, the guys that are so gifted naturally, like he was, like, there's a few guys, it's the Roy Jones type, Floyd Mayweather in the defense department, which is mm-hmm. really hard to teach slipping and just that those kind of reactions. You know, I imagine you can teach almost anyone to throw that left hook, but slipping those punches it's such a it's a weird god-given ability it's slipping and countering and yeah it's uh he was really good at that and uh you know um james you know until he lost uh um roy jones i mean he was he was one of the top guys out there but then uh you know things started going the other way as he as he got older in got heavier. Um, I didn't even know you trained him. I just uh, interesting. Who else do you have in your your top top all timers? Um, yeah, Virgil Hill uh, was a very good champion. Light heavyweight. Uh, yeah, and then uh, C.B. Collins uh, out of Ireland, and Collins was a two time world champion. And, uh, um, Mike Tyson, uh, interesting guy to work with. Um, well, what do you, what do you think about the revival fights? The Tyson coming back, I guess he fought Roy Jones, uh, talking about Evander Holyfield coming back and maybe fighting Tyson. Like, you know, how, do, how do you feel about that as a, as a purist? Um, not my favorite thing, um, you know, because that's why I like this fight with Pacquiao coming up so much because it was two of the best fighters in the world fighting each other, and that's what I feel that boxing needs. And, uh, you know, these fights that they're making up is just, um, uh, I, I just don't get so interested in, in that. The um, Is Pacquiao in the Philippines full-time i mean i know he comes out here to train but i'm saying does he yes, live out uh, here does he live in the philippines yeah he's a senator in the philippines and he lives there full-time and he comes out here for a six-week training camp. and then he goes back to the philippines where he basically is treated like i don't know combination of elvis and <laughs> aoc i mean yeah. I, yeah, uh, he was. He's a very good person, and he takes care of a lot of people in the Philippines. And like, there's a lot of people. Think, there's a lot of people think that he might run for president someday, and that may happen. And he is so popular there; he, I think, he'll win. 
When you when you met him, how was his English? Not too good. Very little, little, but now he's perfect. Yeah, and I don't know how you corner a guy who you can't fully communicate with. Was that a challenge at the beginning? It was uh, very much a challenge at the beginning. And we do, we we had hired translators and so forth. And it was um yeah, it was a little, a little difficult. And it's it's still a little difficult because I have a lot of Russian fighters. I have a lot of fighters coming from overseas, from Germany. I, my fighters are from all over the world, and I I love that they come to see me and to work with me. It uh, it's that's why I'm I'm still doing it. I'm 61 now, but. Um, I work every day, eight hours a day, working with fighters. Well, the fight, again, is Pacquiao versus Ugas, and that is uh, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. It's on Fox uh, Sports pay-per-view, and uh, you can stream it on the Fox Sports app or foxsports.com, T-Mobile Arena, coming up in uh, Las Vegas. And... uh, I'll throw out the website, wildcardboxingstore.com is uh, where you can go, and you can shoot Freddie a tweet at Freddie Roach. Well, Freddie, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so glad to see you doing it and still doing it and doing it at the level you're doing it at, and uh, glad to see that uh, after so many years with Pacquiao, you're, you're still this guy. So we wish you uh, luck, even though you won't need it uh, coming up this Saturday. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks. The great uh, Freddie Roach, everybody. All right. Uh, me, you can see live shows coming up Minneapolis, August 27th, 28th. Uh, live podcast and stand-up over there. Catalina Island coming up at the Descanso Beach Club, September 5th. Go to amcroll.com. I'll be at the Royal Oak in uh, Michigan. I'll be in Kansas City. Just go to amcroll.com for all the live shows. And uh, you can watch our new series. Eight new episodes available. Going Racing. You can watch it for free on Pluto TV at our chassis channel 687. Till next time. This is uh, Adam Carolla for Rick Overton and Gina and Bald and Freddie Roach. Say it. Mahalo. Hey, it's a tits of a day, isn't it, tits? <laughs> titty, 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 titty. Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Carolla. Catch Gina Grad on the podcast, Easy Listening. Bald Brian on the podcast, The Film Vault. And a bunch of us turkeys on the water cooler. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And pick up Adam's latest book, I'm Your Emotional Support Animal. And get some tickets to the show at adamcarolla.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. Pluto TV is playing the biggest movies every night this summer for free. 
Watch hit movies like The Matrix, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scary Movie, Runaway Bride, and more all summer long. Check out the biggest stars like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of free TV channels in English and Spanish featuring TV shows, news, sports, comedy, and more all for free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device, including Android and Apple smartphones. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply.